Let's go. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. At the beginning of the month, we started the devotion, My Utmost for His Highest, by Oswald Chambers. Then Pastor Herb started a sermon series called Our Utmost for His Highest, taking it from my to ours. But in his first two sermons, even though he gave us three points, he really focused on just that first point, which was pay attention And how are we to pay attention to what's happening around us? But not just pay attention to what's happening around us, but paying attention to what's happening around us from God's perspective. And get God's insight on what that is, and God's interpretation on what's happening around us. Then we had two great speakers these past two weeks. Last week, or two weeks ago, we had the Reverend Michael Davis who shared with us, does God's word still pierce your heart? Man, that was, a, that was a tough one. It was an interesting take on scripture that he used there, but it really is how we look at, at life today. And then last week, Reverend Craig Whitehead shared with us, my utmost must be within God's parameters. It may be the smallest things in our eyes, but in God's eyes, it's enough. Interesting, isn't that? And now here we are, the cleanup crew. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, Rhonda, not January. We have a tough act to follow with all of them. We did. But, you know, when I think of my utmost for his highest or our utmost for his highest, I actually think of my, our granddaughter, Evelyn, who is seven and a half months old now. And I was fortunate enough to be there when she was born. And I have watched her grow. And when she was just a newborn, you know, her movements were all erratic and they were all over the place. But she gave it her utmost. Every ounce of effort she had went into her movements. They were un- and they started out unpurposeful. And yep, that's not a word, but it's my word, unpurposeful. And you know what else I think is unpurposeful? What's unpurposeful, Terry? Mary's sitting around and doing nothing while Martha is doing all the work. Martha's doing the purposeful work and Mar- Mary is not. You mean the scripture we read earlier? That one. Mm-hmm. That's the one I'm talking about. Luke 10, 38 through 42. Now as they went into the, on their way, Jesus entered a village. And a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Yep, that's the one. That's Mm -hmm. the one? No, really, I was sort of kidding. (laughs) Only sort of kidding. Because I know there is purpose to Mary sitting at Jesus' feet. But the truth is, I'm a Martha at heart, and I know I'm surrounded by other Marthas here. 
So <laughs> you all know what I'm talking about. And I like a to-do list. Tell me what to do or better yet, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. That's the way I go. It is? I've never seen this to-do list. Where is this to-do list that you talk about, Terry? Well, all right. I don't really write it out, but it's in my head. It is a constant list rolling through my head. And what is this to-do list in your head? You know, the usual, get up, get dressed, make the bed, have breakfast, clean something. Anything would be good. Doesn't matter. Just clean something. Scripture reading, prayer, feed the kids, change Evelyn's diaper, my utmost for his highest, change Evelyn again, give Andrew a snack, read Experiencing God, ask God what he wants me to do, and the list goes on and on. The problem is I never actually check anything off of my list. I think you do check some things off with, on that list. Well, but... okay, I change Evelyn and I give Andrew a snack. <laughs> and why do you think the other things don't come off your list? Well, you know, this is what happens. I keep getting distracted, and other things keep coming up, and I do those things instead of what I wrote out or what is running through my head, and then the day is over, and I start all over again the next day. It's like this Facebook post I had. I don't know if you all, some of you might have seen it. It said, and this is, where, this is where I live, people, I don't have a train of thought. I have seven trains on tracks that narrowly avoid each other when the paths cross and all the conductors are screaming. I think you need to say it again. That's where I live. Mm -hmm. I don't have a train of thought. I have seven trains on four tracks that narrowly avoid each other when the paths cross and all the conductors are screaming. So, you know, it's always going all through my brain. So, living from my utmost for his highest, though I'm finding from Mary, is not about the to-do list that I have in my head. It's not mm -hmm. about the seven trains, the four tracks, or conductors whatsoever. It's about leaving room for God to enter into all the things I do all day, every day. But we'll get to that thought in a little bit later. That's right, Terry. Our utmost for his highest is not a list of to-dos, not a habit to form, not something to check off, and not how-to. In the January 18th, my up for most for his highest ended with this great question. Are we more devoted to service than we are to Jesus Christ himself? Hmm. 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 Yep, you again. don't like that thought? Hmm. It challenges me. Are we more devoted to service than we are to Jesus Christ himself? So let me get this straight. Okay. Mary was giving her utmost by just sitting at the feet of Jesus because she was more devoted to Jesus than she was with everything else that needed to be done. Mm -hmm. And Martha was more devoted to the service rather than sitting at the feet of Jesus. But she was doing all the preparations you would expect to be doing when you're having guests at your home. Mm -hmm. hmm? There's that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there is that, Terry. But sometimes when we spend time with Jesus... yeah. The other things fall into place afterwards. Mm. So that's what we're saying. That's what we're saying. Okay. My up for most for one his highest is, does that. Sounds like one of us is saying that. <laughs> well, you'll get there. I will. Hopefully by the end of this sermon, right, people? Yeah. <laughs>
You're there already. It's not a to-do list. It's not a habit to form, not something to check off, and not a how-to. Correct. (laughs) But having a plan to keep me on track is better than having no plan. Correct. And prayer, reading scripture, and meeting together is part of giving my utmost, but we shouldn't check those things off and think I'm good, I have given my utmost. That is correct. Still confused. You're confused yet? (laughs) Why are you so confused? Because there are things that need done, and they include Jesus. But if I'm not checking them off, how do I know I've even done them? We're going to talk about that in just a little bit. Okay. We're talking about, we're not talking about eliminating the Bible or other spiritual disciplines or devotions, but we are talking about living our utmost for his highest. And it's not going to be about knowledge alone. It's purposeful. 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 (laughs) It's kingdom living. It's living right side up. I think we've heard that before here. Living right side up. Yep. And we said on the website, I don't know if y'all looked at the website, but it said, come and see how to live the better right side up life. But how do we do that? What does that look like? Once again, it's purposeful. Purposeful. As opposed to unpurposeful. Uh, As opposed to unpurposeful. All right. So I'm going to go back to Evelyn. And remember, she, her... Movements as a newborn, you know, they were erratic. Her arms and legs just kind of flailed, and there seemed to be no purpose. She kept, though, moving and stretching and growing. She stayed focused and purposeful in her movements. Every day, she got stronger, not because she followed a to-do list and checked it off, but because she kept trying. Evelyn actually had many failed attempts at crawling, her parents would send, they wanted her to crawl so bad, I don't really know why, but they did. <laughs> you would have thought they would have learned what the first one, what this was going to mean. But they wanted her to crawl, and she was so close, and they kept sending me videos going, so is this legitimate crawling? And I'd be like, hmm, no. No, she moved a little bit, but she didn't really get anywhere. Or she would start, and then suddenly her hands and legs are just flat out in front of her, and there she lays. And she was on the belly on our floor. (laughs) Aren't you glad that God isn't as hard on us as I am? (laughs) Because I was pretty strict. She's got to get her belly off that floor. She's got to be on her hands and knees, and she's got to actually get somewhere. So it's like you're you're reading the scripture for today, or you're um, doing my utmost for his highest, or reading you're experiencing God? Yeah. Yeah, you got to get somewhere. You got to get somewhere. Something's got to get done, or nothing counts. But it, no, no effort counts at all. <clears throat> no little effort counts at all. <laughs> Not in my world. <laughs> but in God's world. Well, yes. Yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. God is much gentler on us and me than I am, obviously. Yeah. Anyway, but soon she was. Legitimately crawling. Yes, and now she her parents are like, she's all over the place. We have to keep going after. I'm like, wow, you think this is what she wanted. So there she is. But once she did that, she rapidly kept progressing. And now, seven and a half months, she has mastered pulling herself up onto anything, including our pant legs, if we will stand still long enough. 
um, because she prefers to be up on her feet than she does down on the floor. And in less than a month, she went from attempting to crawl to walking around furniture, and we have no doubt she's soon going to be walking on taking her first steps as well. But all of that was purposeful, even though in the very beginning of her life, she, it looked erratic and unpurposeful. There was a purpose to every one of those movements. And that brought her to where she is today, which is almost walking. She really wants to be like her older brother. She sees she him does. walking and she's ready to go and she keeps looking down our steps. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. She keeps <laughs> seeing him wrestle with Grampy. Mm-hmm. And he want, her eyes get so big as she wants to do that same thing. Isn't it like that with us, with God? Mm-hmm. We want to do something? Yes, exactly. Like, I want to be like Dawn. Sure. <laughs> well, Don, Don's always joyful about Christianity and sharing God's word. He is. That he is, yes. So don't we want to be all Don's? No. We no. can't all be Don's. Right. Don is a one of a kind created in the image of God. He is. <laughs> Just like all of us are. And you, exactly. Anyway, back to. Okay. Okay. Sometimes our journey may feel erratic and unpurposeful. Now you got me saying it wrong. (sighs) Unpurposeful. Our movements are here and there, but it doesn't seem to be progressing even into a crawl sometimes. All right, so here's my struggle. Your struggle. My struggle. I may not be alone in this, but listen to me. I might be alone in this. With the laughs that people give, you probably are not alone. They might just be being kind. (laughs) Um, it seems like there is this fine line between having a to-do list to get me to accomplish something each day and living my utmost for his highest. It is, there is. So as I said on my list, there's you know the clean something and the take care of the kids kind of stuff, daily stuff. But I also have to read scripture, pray, serve by doing something. And maybe journaling should be on my list too. A to-do list and boxes to check make me feel like I at least accomplished something, you know? And that isn't a bad thing. I'm beginning to see, though, that isn't living our utmost for his highest, and there's more to it than that. There is more to it. You know, Christianity is not a religion. It's a relationship. Religion tells us there's a to-do list. There's do's and there's don'ts. But when we started experiencing God, experiencing God told us and taught us that it's a, it's a lifestyle. God is calling each one of us into a personal relationship. And when you start a personal relationship, you want to do th- something for that person. And it doesn't feel like a chore. It just feels like I need to do it. That causes me to think about the scripture memory from experiencing God. Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven and 38. And he said to them, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. It's a great verse. But let's back up a little in that story and go to start at verse 34. So Matthew 22, verses 34 through 40. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, 
which is the greatest commandment in all the law? And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend the law and the prophets. The Pharisees, they thought they were going to try to trip Jesus up by saying, asking him, what's the most important law? They were all about the rules and regulations. They were all about the do's and don'ts. They were all about the checklist. I recently found this quote on Facebook. The reason we have 17,000 pages of, of laws on our books is because we cannot follow 10 lines on a tablet made of stone. You see, at that time, there were those Ten Commandments. And from those Ten Commandments, man started to make more and more rules and laws. And the Pharisees were the chiefs of them. And they were the police of them at that time. But Jesus brought the Ten Commandments down to two. It's a relationship with God. Love God with all your mind, soul, and heart. And love your neighbor. With Jesus bringing down the these two, two commandments, we see that it is a personal relationship with God. And then once we have a personal relationship with God, we can put, make, start a personal relationship with someone else, telling them about God. Our utmost for his highest is no longer a list of to-dos, no longer a habit to form, no longer something to check off, and no longer a how-to. Our utmost for his eyes is it giving the best that we have to God and others. And the best is found in relationship. So we talked about Evelyn. Let's talk about Andrew. Well, you got to put Andrew in it. You know, you know, it's only fair. It is. Got two of them. We have to tell you about two of them. The relationship part is an interesting idea. It is. Because we have this relationship with Andrew, who's three and a half years old. At Thanksgiving, he finally realized that we pray before meals. So at Christmas time, his mom, we were sitting down for dinner, and his mom said, you know, we have to pray first. And so he very sweetly put both of his hands out to eat his mom and to Grampy and took hold of their hands. And then he said, do we close our eyes for this? And we said yes. And so he went, like this, really tight. And of course, I opened my eyes because I had to see what he was going to do. And then he, oh, then he opened his eyes and saw that I was opening my eyes. And, you know, we have to do more instruction. But he held their hands tightly and kept his eyes closed until Grampy said amen. And that's part of the relationship. It is part of the relationship. You know, raising children doesn't come with a handbook. But the Bible does tell us in Proverbs 6, or 22.6, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Meal times at our house is chaotic chaotic (laughs) at best. We got Andrew that wants to help us prepare the meals along with trying to get his meal. We got Evelyn that needs to be fed right now. And then I got Terry that needs to be fed right now because she gets hangry. Wow, that is not in there. I didn't okay that. <laughs> but but it's <laughs> true. 
But she does. We she does take care. She does take care of <laughs> Evelyn first, even though her food might get cold. <laughs> but Andrew stops us and says, "Hey, we forgot to pray." And I go, oh, we did. In the chaos of trying to get everybody ready, all our meals done, we did. Which was interesting. You know, he's three and a half, and all of a sudden he said, hey, we didn't pray. Yes. So he keeps us on our toes with that, along with everything else. He does. Now, as Andrew has been growing up, we read books, and I have tried to read him Bible stories. He hasn't honestly been that interested. But the other day, I asked him to pick out a book to read. And he actually did pick out the book of um, Bible stories for children. And he listened to how the world was made. He listened to Adam and Eve, and he sat there and listened to Noah's Ark. And when we were done, and he hadn't said this to me before, he shared, he said, you know, Grand, my squirt girl dog went to heaven. And I said, she did, I know. And he was able to share that because we were talking about God, there were sections that mentioned heaven, especially in how the world was made. And because we have that relationship with Andrew, I have that relationship with Andrew, and I'm showing him my relationship with God, he was able to share that with me and make that statement. And then he told me his mommy mailed um, pickle dog to squirt, dog so that he she had something to still play with in heaven a purpose so there's that so i said okay yes she did Um, but it all comes down to the relationship that we have and how we're training him and showing him our utmost for his highest as well as we go through our day so earlier i said we'd get back to the thought of leaving room for god is another part of our utmost from his highest. It's actually the reading that came on Wednesday, January 25th. I did manage to read it. Okay, so I said we tell the truth here. I, Always. <laughs> I read Wednesday on Thursday. Mm-hmm. It happens. <laughs> but I do. But it really spoke to me, and so I just wanted to share that with you. It's called uh, Leave Room for God, When It Pleased God, Galatians 1.15. As servants of God, we must learn to make room for him, to give God elbow room. We plan and figure and and predict that this or that will happen, but we forget to make room for God to come in as he chooses. Would we be surprised if God came into our meeting or into our preaching in a way that we had never expected him to come? Do not look for God to come in a particular way, but do look for him. The way to make room for him is to expect him to come, not in, but not in a certain way. It's kind of like write a list, but not, don't do it just to check it off. Amen. <laughs> See, I'm getting it. You're getting it. We're almost done, and I'm getting there. The way, let's see. But, okay. No matter how well we may know God, the great lesson to learn is that he may break in at any minute. We tend to overlook this element of surprise, yet God never works in any other way. Suddenly, God meets our life when it pleased him. Keep your life so constantly in touch with God that, he's, that his surprising power can break through at any point. Live in a constant state of expectancy and leave room for God to come in as he decides. 
And that's what we try to do. We leave room for God. Here's a final thought, sort of, because we have a summary. (laughs) (laughs) It's from, uh, it's a line from Dallas Willard, my life as a discipleship. And I want you to consider this. I am learning from Jesus how to lead my life, my whole life, my real life. And that's what we've shown you, real life, because things happen and we get busy and the kids make our life a little crazy and we have a hard time getting things done. All right. I'm not really looking at you. I'm looking at myself. You can look at me too. (laughs) And so it becomes really hard sometimes, but we keep trying and we keep striving. And through all of the chaos and all of the craziness, we leave room for God to come in and do what God does best and work in our lives. So we're going to recap what we've learned for the month of January. Our utmost for his highest. Pay attention to what's happening around us and look to God for perspective and interpretation. Allow the word of God to pierce your heart no matter how close your walk is with Jesus. The word of God should still be piercing our heart. Our utmost is determined by God. Don't just look for the big grand gestures to be our utmost. Often it's the smallest kindness that has the greatest impact. Our utmost is not our service. Sorry, Terry. <laughs> oh, I mean Martha's. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> but, is in there. However, we're still supposed to serve. We are. <laughs> but not take service above sitting at Jesus' feet. That's correct. It is perfect. <laughs> Here you go. It is purposeful to sit at the feet of Jesus. It is not about doing, but about our personal relationship with him. And eight, and through all the lists and plans we make, our utmost is leaving room for God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time that together. We thank you for the words that you've presented. Father, help us to live our utmost for his highest. And it not be a list of checkoffs, a list of to-dos, but a lifestyle of wanting to do. Father, we thank you and we praise you. (laughs) Excuse me. We ask all this in your son's name. Amen. Amen. Okay, announcements.